We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome into the wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast i'm steve Ferret, joined as always by dusty evely and sarah kelleher guys we have playoffs we have anniversaries we've got returning packers players man this is gonna be a jam-packed fun episode what is going on sarah how you doing I'm great. Excited for our three-year anniversary. Obviously, the playoff game this weekend. Um, Watched a lot of football over the weekend, so I feel like that put me in a good mood. You know, short week at work, so all things are going well over here. Yeah, I'm going going good as well. Like I was telling Sarah, I was excited about playoff football. I missed the first game. Uh, You know, I was was playing with my kids. There's snow all around and everything. So I missed uh, Bengals Raiders, which turned out to be just an absolute barn burner. And I was like, well, that's cool, man. We got uh, Bill's Pats on next. And then that that did not go well. That didn't go well at all. So I watched. I missed like one of the only good games. I did get to see Niners uh, Cowboys. And then most of the other games were, were just hot, hot garbage. But it was nice spending a weekend watching playoff football. Uh, you know, some even if I mean, you know, that that Pat's Bills game was terrible, but Josh Allen's performance was incredible. We get to watch an entire entire weekend, including a Monday night game of football with no stress whatsoever. It was just absolutely lovely. So guys, three years together as a trio for the Pack a Day podcast. It's uh you know, elicits a lot of different feelings and emotions inside of me, but I just wanted to see, you know, is there any fun things that you remember, like a, a favorite moment, anything along those lines that, you know, sticks out to you? I know we can't really read a lot of the quotes that you wrote down, Sarah. <laughs> uh, Sarah would always write down one of the funniest comments per episode, and there's a lot of them are thoroughly inappropriate and can't be read out loud. But uh, anything pop in your mind, Sarah? There's so many. I mean, before we even dive into just moments that stick out to me, honestly, just a highlight is like the friendships we've been able to develop over the last three years. Like, I think back on the first time I was messaging with Andy about this, and he's like, oh, yeah, we're going to put you with Dusty and Steve. Like, they've been doing this for a bit together now. And like, I think you guys will be a great trio. And in my head, I'm like, well, I wonder why he thinks that. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> and when we did it, uh, I think very quickly we we kind of had a good rapport and we realized 
to lean into the chaos of it. And then we just went from there and we had a ton of fun with it. But, you know, there's so many things that stand out. The one that we always talk about is just Antonio Brown and how Dusty (laughs) and I were screaming at Steve about it and how he should not be a Packer. And Steve has admitted that he's wrong, which is good. Like, it's good Mm -hmm. to admit. Um, But that's just a highlight. And I think that was one of our first episodes where we really thought, oh, we're we're just insane and we're just going to keep doing this and yelling at each other. And of course, the many food jokes I, I every Thanksgiving I know, or I, at least the last two, I don't think we did it this year, but we um, will do those food charts where you have $20 and you know, you have to buy like five, something in the five, four, three, two, and one. And all of us just yelling at each other about our garbage takes. So <laughs> I, I guess the thing that I love the most is just how we bicker in a weird way, but it makes for a good time. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with Sarah. I mean, you know, yeah, I've known you guys for, well, three years, I guess. I was going to say a long time, but we're legitimately talking about three years now. Uh, so getting to go to a game with Steve, you know, obvious highlight outside the podcast here. Uh, and then being able to meet Sarah in person was also awesome. But I, I think uh, in terms of in podcast or maybe just slightly outside of podcast was um, just <laughs> Steve really wanted to drop an F-bomb. And uh, and I spent like a solid 10 minutes after the show trying to find the right slide whistle sound to use to to overlay in there so that we could so we could edit that out. So I've used that a few times since then. Uh, but I think I just just I was I remember laughing at the ridiculousness of it. I was like, no, that one. I don't like the tone of that one. No, I don't. This one seems like it's too long. I don't like this. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, it's it is midnight and I'm trying to research like the right slide whistle noise. But I, you know. I nailed it and I've gotten some good use out of that uh, a couple of times since then. So uh, again, kind of the uh, highlights, the absurdity and just the, I think overall the, the fun we've had doing this. Yeah. And I think it's, it's pretty uh, apparent that we, we have a really good rapport with each other. You know, I think I was, when I saw Andy at the, uh, the Brewers game this summer and I knocked a beer out of his hand as soon as I met him. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was just kind of talking, I was like, you know, it just we were talking about how the team really works well together and i was like you know just i think we really have a good you know it's fun but we also you know dusty breaks down so much knowledge of the of like packers plays and everything that's going on sarah's got game re- recaps and just a like just so much knowledge and then and then we started laughing i was like yeah and i um huh i'm like i keep it all together i think is what uh <laughs> i do for it I'm like, so you know a little comic relief once in a while and and keeping the train on the on the tracks if you every once in a while as well so <laughs> uh but no i think it's a it's been so much fun to get to know you guys and uh i can't say enough how much how crazy it is that it's been three years and that Insane. we you know and then most of the time when we talk to each other on dms it's not about packers football it's about <laughs> everything else going on and you know <laughs> so it's a lot of fun um and yeah as far as a favorite memory i don't know when we discovered most stuff oreos i think that may have been when that like that that really that moment that we fully gelled together for yeah. everybody's hatred just came together as one and, yeah. yeah nothing brings people together like a common thing to hate right mm-hmm. like we were just like oh you hate that you hate that great i hate that too and now we're gonna have a great time together so <laughs> 
Guys, it's playoff week. Let's uh, let's get it going. The 49ers are coming to town on Saturday. Uh, we had an Aaron Rodgers talking to the press. We had Matt LaFleur talking to the press. And so we're just going to run through a couple of little quick highlights of things that happened uh, before we jump into McAfee show with Sarah talking what uh, Rodgers was talking about. But um, all right, so first off, there was... Just a cool note for Devontae Adams. He was voted the by the Packers Beat Raiders as the Tom Mulhern Award winner, which is the best, who is the player who is best with reporters. He is the uh, first unanimous winner, the first three-time winner in the year's eight, uh, in the, the award's eight-year history. So not shocked that Devontae is the, the winner of that. He's a pretty cool dude from what everything you can see. Next up, uh, seems like we're saying this every single week, but uh, for Saturday's game, Fox will be it will be on Fox, and Joe Buck and Troy Aikman will be calling the game with Aaron Andrews on the sideline. Um, I think you guys are both pretty much okay with that, right? Yeah, yeah, I I like uh, two of those three. I like Joe Buck and Aaron Andrews uh, quite well. So yeah, yeah. over uh, like uh, and how bloodshot do you think Troy Aikman's eyes are going to be? Now, did you see how mad he was this past week? He was so mad he didn't get to call the Cowboys game. Just, just livid, just livid on air. It was just tremendous. Uh, next up, Billy Turner came back to practice as a full participant. Ooh. So starting right tackle hasn't played since week 14 because of a knee injury, but it seems to be on track for Saturday. So Bakhtiari, um, Josh Myers, like this is uh with that 49ers front four that's who you, you want to have your best guys available so um that's big news Devonte adams cracked a smile uh making fun of aaron Rodgers and his change of leadership style over the years and he said quote with old age he's definitely getting softer <laughs> <laughs> any comments on making fun of uh, aaron Rodgers' age and calling him soft at the same time I mean, I think it's funny, and I I know that Aaron Jones mentioned too that Rogers is a very caring leader, and that he he kind of you know he's somebody that wants to make sure everybody succeeds and is great. And then they asked Rogers about it, and Rogers said he finds it's more beneficial to be kind to the, his teammates than like yell and scream at them. Um, so it's just funny because he's so like in this zen phase of his life and with Devonte calling him out is just so so great and speaks to their relationship a bit and how they kind of just mess with each other and we also heard matt lafleur say that he is hopeful jair alexander and zadaria smith will both play on saturday uh they'll be practicing again today and alexander hasn't played since week four smith since week one um so, and then also Bakhtiari did not practice today, but it's just kind of a load management thing to steal from LeBron James. So, um, Dusty, how are you feeling on their chances to play? Man, I would love it. It's it's so tough because, I mean, they're back at practice, which is good. And it was, you know, Z's been hyped about it. Jerry's been back for a few weeks now. It's still one of those, until we get official word that they're active, dressed, and I see them on the field. I'm not entirely sure that they're, if they're going to play, uh, still seems like, you know, with, with Jair, like who knows it's yeah that shoulder thing. And if he's out there, you're a cornerback, he's probably playing hundred percent of the snaps, you know, unless they want to sub him out, they do have the bodies to do that. But typically for a cornerback, that's what you're doing. Z I could see if they're like, well, if he's good for 15 snaps, we're going to dress him and go. So if he could go on like, you know, kind of short notice on limited snaps, but it seems like J- uh, Jair that have to, they'd want him to play like, I'd say north of 60%, I would imagine just based on his role. So 
I would love to see them both out there. You know, obviously that'd be huge coming for the divisional round. All these guys are healthy. I feel like for both of those guys, it's been week to week. I don't know, man. Seems like they're getting close. Seems like they're getting close. So I'm, I'm until they're activated, dressed, and I see them on the field. I'm, not, I'm not believing it's going to happen. But I do, I do have more hope now than I did. I don't know. Yesterday, we'll say. <laughs> and we also forgot to mention. I forgot to mention uh, MVS was limited participant. So Sarah, you thinking he? What do you think? Might be back. You... I think there's a chance. Um, and you know. Rogers talks all the time about how they want their best players on the field and that, and I'll get into it when we talk about McAfee in a few minutes here, but he, he just kept repeating that these are the best teams. This is the best of the best. You know, we want to get to the final four and then the final two. Um, and if MBS is available and he's feeling decent, I think he's going to play just because they want to win so badly. And he's obviously an important piece to the offense and somebody Rogers trusts too. Well, you, uh, you teased it, Sarah. So why don't you pay it off? Pat McAfee show. Uh, tell us all about it. Yeah. So it was a shorter show um, yesterday just because, you know, since it's a short week, the game is on Saturday versus Sunday. Everything is a day ahead. So uh, it was only about 15 minutes or so, and usually it can go to 40 minutes. So definitely a shorter episode. Uh, Rogers was coming to everybody live from the facility. Uh, he mentioned it was a nice week off. You know, he got to watch some football guys got healthier and now they're pumped up and ready to play. So loved hearing the part about how guys got healthier. That's exactly what we want to hear. And obviously the injury report is reflecting that too. Uh, like I mentioned, he said, there's eight teams left. We want to be in the final four and then the final two. And he talked about the difficulties of just how every team is, good now there really isn't an opponent where you're like oh well you know they don't do this well or they don't do that well it's okay they might you know have some areas that aren't their strongest but they're still overall very good teams so he said we have to bring our a game and it's not like if we come out flat oh it's okay we can win the next week no you're one and done so he seemed very calm and talking about it but you could tell He's a bit more urgent with some of his answers, and I'm sure everybody saw the really cool hype video from the Packers um, Twitter yesterday and how he narrated it. I thought that was awesome, and a lot of those similar themes on McAfee on Tuesday. He also talks about the difficulties of playing in the cold weather with a hand injury. Uh, obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo is dealing with that thumb injury, and now he apparently has a sprained shoulder too or something. So uh, he specifically talked about just how it is difficult to grip the ball in the cold weather. I mean, I, I believe at kickoff, the wind chill is supposed to be below zero. So that definitely is something to monitor. Um, Ty, who always comes with good questions, asked, you know, can you take stuff from when you played the 49ers earlier this season? Or is now that too far away? The team is different. Uh, the 49ers are different. Uh, and Rogers mentioned, you know, you, you can. You can look at things um, and you can – pick and choose what maybe you saw worked that you want to attack again and what didn't work and maybe you can fix. But he said one thing that you can't is you you can't do is you just can't game plan for every single play. So he mentioned you have to leave room for instincts and um, making some judgment calls in the moment based on, you know, specifically for him as quarterback, what he's seeing on the field and um, reading the defense. And he said that that's the most important thing um, for the playoffs is just, 
you know, for a good team like them, they have to just trust their instincts and what's worked for them all year. And then to wrap it up, uh, they gave a little toe update. Pat McAfee is still on the hunt to figure out how the heck Aaron Rodgers injured his toe in quarantine. Uh, He said he will get to the bottom of it eventually, but Rodgers did not reveal how it happened. He said it was an injury in COVID time, but it was not COVID toe and that it feels good um, and there's just some aching here and there and that he thinks it's about 100% for what it's going to be for the rest of the year and that he's ready to go. So that was great to hear. Uh, Obviously, he was a full participant in practice again, and he just seemed ready to go, which was awesome to see. And I'm just really hoping out the Packers – I'm just really hoping the Packers come out strong. They got to start – you know, right from the jump, a lot of times there's been a lag in the first quarter and it, it makes me a little nervous. So I just hope we don't have to deal with that this weekend. <laughs> yeah, actually, that was kind of one of the things that Rogers that uh, was asked about the, the, the game from week three is kind of where I wanted to go next, actually, because before we jump into what we're looking for um, in this playoff game uh the offense versus the defense as we always do for pack a day podcast i wanted to kind of look back at that game where the packers won 30 28 and um see you know kind of things that stuck out to you guys dusty let's start with you is just you know a couple things that you remember or you know might be different now from from week three yeah i mean one of the big ones was uh that was uh, Nyman starting over at left tackle uh jenkins was starting he was out he had the ankle injury at the end of the lions game and it was kind of this, well, we, you know, we don't know how he's going to look. He's kind of this, this freak. He's been practice squad and no one knows what's going to happen. Remember that first drive, you know, the Packers drove down with relative ease. They get down to within field goal range. Nyman gets a holding call on Bosa. Uh, Bosa just blew by him. I think the next play, Bosa blew him up. And I was like, oh man, like if this is what's going to happen, like left tackle, they're going to attack that. Bosa's going to eat him alive. And Nyman held his own. And that was like kind of as the game went on, they gave him some help over there. But that was kind of a, wow, all right. Like they, they might they might have something here. Maybe he's finally coming on. But, you know, obviously not perfect. But against that front, more than held his own after a really, really shaky first series. So there's that. I was looking at numbers. The other thing I said out, uh, it was Devontae Adams. It was his, the highest number of targets he had in the game. And looking at kind of where the strengths and weaknesses are of the Niners defense, that, that makes sense. He had 18 targets, 12 catches. 18 targets, 132 yards. The most insane thing to me about that, 132 yards, that's only his third highest yardage total of the year. He had 206 against Cincinnati and 136 against Minnesota. But they went his way early and often. 18 targets is a ton of targets. They went deep. They took shallow. I think they had like five or six of the bubble RPOs. Um, Had a a nice kind of slot fade down the sideline that they hit him on that seems like they always hit against the Niners. So I think that was the couple things to me i think diamond kind of saying like all right well he he gave him time and they're gonna need that time again this week and then also just they found a weakness uh and they just they just hammered it and i could see that being uh very similar to kind of how they're gonna attack this week i'm just curious specifically you know on offense since we usually talk about that too um a couple of things so Al Lazard, i'm uh, really going to be looking out for you know he only had one catch it was for 42 yards um in week three but the last few weeks, he's been really making a difference on offense. He's been more involved, lots of big plays um, right up there close to Devontae as far as um, targets and receptions at times. So curious how they're going to utilize him. Um, and then, you know, 
Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are something to consider too. Um, you know, they weren't, as we kind of talked about, they weren't running some of the same packages. We didn't see Dylan as much. So kind of want to see what happens there. And if he's able to bulldoze his way through, especially in the cold. And then on the defensive side of things, um, you know, Rasul Douglas hadn't really come on and into his own then either. So I'm kind of curious to see like what happens in the secondary. Um, you know, if Jair is back, then that's just crazy having them both back there. Um, and I, I think the Packers defense, especially in the secondary, has improved since then. Um, and th- that'll be something um, just I'm curious about and how it's going to change from week three. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I mean, it was a the officiating for the game was rough, as we all remember. Some of those defensive God, pass yeah, interferences yeah. call were hopefully, you know, it'll be called a little bit better. But um, another thing to watch for is Eric Stokes, too. He was in week three of his rookie season. Now he's got a full season under his belt and has mm-hmm. definitely been playing way better than than he had. So I think that's something to watch for as well. Um, you know, getting Z back, hopefully, Bakhtiari. Um, you know, there's just so many of these additions. And and then um, that means, you know, and you also had a healthy Jimmy G. So yeah. there's all this stuff going on. A healthy Fred Warner, a healthy Joe uh, Bosa. Like, man, that's uh, there's a lot going on. So, um but that'll lead us into the actual divisional playoff game. And the one thing you're looking for from the Packers offense versus the 49ers defense in the game. So Sarah, we'll start with you. I'll pop in quick next and then we'll let Dusty, we'll let Dusty eat. <laughs> so I kind of alluded it, alluded to it before, but um, it's just the AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones package and, you know, who's going to get more carries, how involved are they going to be in the past game as well? You know, obviously the 49ers have a great defense, you know, third overall uh, in the league during the regular season. And their rushing defense is one of the best um, in the league uh, during the regular season. They gave up an average of about 100 yards per game. So um, I'm just really curious about this, and it's what I'm going to be paying attention to. Um, you know, who who's doing what? We saw, you know, towards the beginning of the season, of course, Aaron Jones was doing a lot of the heavy lifting, but it seems like in the second half, AJ Dillon has really stepped into a larger role. And, you know, if it's going to be sub zero or feels like sub zero on Saturday, then yeah, I, I don't want to tackle AJ Dillon. I don't know about you guys <laughs> in the 49ers, but I would just, you know, step aside and let him do his thing. Um, so I think that that's important too. And also, you know, you have to think about with Bosa, if he's going to play or not, I think that makes a big difference in how much, you know, they run and how much they rely on the run game. Um, but I, I really think this could be a big moment for the two of them to um, not only just get involved in the backfield, but as we've seen time and time again this season on some of those short little routes. And I'm sure Dusty could dive into all of that and totally outshine me here, but (laughs) I'll just keep it as simple as that. Um, And that's what I'm going to be looking for. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We definitely should have discussed this before we started recording because I, I have AJ Dillon usage as my thing to watch for. So I will switch it up a little bit and kind of play off of that. But another thing I'll be watching is the Packers offensive line versus that front four of the 49ers because we all know that the 49ers have a great front four. They can get there with four and they don't have to do a lot of blitzing. So the thing to watch is the three guys that are even coming back, Bakhtiari, Myers, and uh, Billy Turner, and seeing if there's any rust on those guys. Because, you know, coming out and playing in the cold when you haven't played in a long time, man, I'm, I'm sure it'll take maybe a little getting used to. And then you're watching the depth and the um, the injuries to Bosa. Like, is that playing a factor? Does he actually get to play with coming off the concussion list? Um, I mean, there's a whole bunch of questions, but that's just going to be fascinating to watch because if uh, it's Packers offensive line, starts holding their own and then the 49ers are forced to start sending people that's just going to free things up for Aaron Rodgers so that's uh that's what what I'm going to be watching for outside of AJ Dillon uh Dusty what about you yeah that was one of my big ones as well is just I mean that offensive line it's 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 really nice and you can say like you know we talked about earlier you got Bakhtiari coming back uh Myers looks like Billy Turner's coming back as well that's awesome but so much of offensive line is just it's communication. It's feeling the guy next to you. It's kind of knowing what's happening. And the, the 49ers know that, which means I don't know if they're going to bring a lot of blitzes. They don't typically do that, but they'll probably bring a lot of stunts and stuff. And so kind of passing that stuff off. How does, how does Bakhtiari do? We know he's, I mean, we know how he looked in limited action, but how does he do with a full game? Um, you know, with that kind of, we don't know what kind of game shape he's in. He's looked kind of winded when he came out after 28 snaps there, but then also what's that communication like? And then, I mean, one of the bigger things for me, um, just their passing game, I think it's going to be tough sledding uh, running. I mean, I do think, uh, to your point, I do think kind of how they use uh, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, I do think they they will be able to run. I just, I think like most of their games, I mean, the big damage they're going to do is going to be through the air. MVS had a really nice big touchdown against them uh, last time. Just And just, and I've talked about this before, whether or not he catches the ball or not, it doesn't really matter. It's his speed kind of opens all his stuff underneath. The 49ers are a very, very good tackling team. Uh, Packers are as well, but the Niners are a very good tackling team. So a lot of times if you throw something underneath that you design to get six yards, you're going to get six or seven yards. They don't miss a whole lot of tackles up front. So you're going to have to hit those shots downfield. They kind of mix up their coverage quite a bit, uh, but you kind of know that it's going to look like pre-snap, which is helpful for Rodgers. So a lot of times you'll, you, know, you start with too high, you'll spin down, you got a guy down on the box and you got single high, but they'll do that before the snap a lot of times, especially with Rodgers waiting as long as he does. So a lot of times by the time the ball is snapped, you kind of know what base coverage they're, they're in and they just need to be able to. That's one of those things, like Sarah said, that Rodgers was talking about, the ability as a quarterback to kind of see things in game, make those adjustments. You know, we've got a concept that attacks 
too high and they go to single high. What's our adjustment to kind of do that? So, and they've played them enough. I think they've, they kind of know what they're doing, but I think for me, MVS is going to be so big. Just again, that speed opening stuff up. He allows you to attack, you know, two high shell and single high shell and just look for Devonte Adams there. They've got, you know, the cornerback room's hurting a little bit and, uh, and he ate last time. I think he's going to eat again. I think they're going to go to him early and often. And if they go to shut him down, uh, the Packers have other ways to beat him. So, uh, I do think, I think the, I think the trenches, I think up front and, you know, again, we'll kind of, kind of give it the first series or something. I, I want to watch the first series and everything's out of whack. You go, Oh no, because they, they tend to kind of fall in line by the end. So trenches are going to tell the story, but then if MVS is healthy and they can kind of get, get the uh, downfield opened up, get those linebackers pushed back a little bit more that opens up the underneath. So, uh, quite a few things I'm looking for here. I do, I do feel good about, uh, the Packers being able to attack them, uh, you know, whether or not Bosa and Warner are in, I don't know, but, uh, I think it's, it's, it looks, it looks to be a great matchup. I'm really excited about this game. Do you guys have score predictions at all? Have we thought about this or I'm throwing this on you with no preparation. So I'm, you know, I'll go, uh, I'll go Packers 27, 17. I, I think they're going to put up some points. I think it is, it's going to be cold. You know, I don't think it's going to be a shootout, but any stretch of imagination, but I think if Jimmy G plays, um, the defense, I think, is just going to have to be really. The front seven is going to have to be really assignment short. Just, just no one freelance. No one go outside of what you're doing. Just look to compress the pocket. You don't need to go sack hunting against Jimmy G. You just have to make him uncomfortable, and he's going to make a mistake. Uh, he actually performs better against the blitz uh, than I kind of anticipated, but really bad under pressure as a lot of guys do. So compress that pocket. And if Trey Lance plays, that's the same thing. Just compress. Don't freelance, stay in your lanes, just push that up front. And if they do that, um, I mean, they're going to get a couple of balls. Jimmy Salen, he's got, you know, whether the shoulder's good or not, that thumb is not good. And he sails balls on, and when he's in a dome <laughs> on his best of days, so uh, a busted up thumb and a bad shoulder in zero degree temperature, he, you're going to get your chances against him. So I think that I think they're going to get two to three interception opportunities take advantage of a couple of those hopefully. And then, uh, and then just, just do what you can short passing game, hit a couple deep ones. But I, I, I really do feel the Packers are going to win this by, by at least 10. Uh, and I just, it just comes down to if they can capitalize on the turnover opportunities. I'm going to take Packers 31 49ers 24. I also think that as long as green Bay sticks to their game plan, adjust as needed, they will be fine. Yes, the 49ers are scary, especially Debo Samuel. I know he's just been popping off the last half of the season, but they have a plan and they have faced really great teams all year and they're still the number one seed. So clearly they're doing something right. So that's important to remember. Uh, My bold prediction for this game is that Aaron Rodgers will have a rushing touchdown. And I think it's going to be absolutely electric. He's going to do the belt and everybody in Lambeau and at home is going to go freaking nuts. And I can't wait. So you heard it here first. There you go. There you go. I'm going to go Packers 24, 49ers 20. I think the cold weather is going to affect it a little bit more than we think. I actually heard something I really liked this morning um, on the ESPN Milwaukee's morning show and it came from Arch Romero. So it makes me not like it, but it was just, it made sense to me as to what I feel like the game is actually going to, is going to be like. And he said, the Packers will never have complete control, but they will never lose control of this game. And I just kind of sat there. I was like, 
Okay. Like I, I feel like that's something I can understand, like where it just, you know, they're, they're not going to blow the doors off this team. It's not going to be a blowout. And there's always going to be that sitting on the edge of your seat feeling, but they're also not going to be spiraling out of control either. So um, it's a, it's an NFL playoff game. So I feel like for the most part, you're, you are going to be sitting on the edge of your seat, hopefully. So guys, that'll, uh, that'll wrap up the, the main part of the show. But as always, let's get some questions from Twitter. And uh, if you aren't following us, we don't know why you aren't because we talk about it every single time for three years. And uh, that is at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Kelher 4, and at Steve Perhatch, and also at Packaday Podcast. First one coming from Sundays with a Z. Congrats on three years. You are a great team. Question is this Do you, uh, do any of you have Packer related superstitions or things you do on game day? feel like we've had this before, but uh, it's probably been a while. Sarah, what about you? You got any uh, superstitions? Yeah, I used to have to wear the same shirt, but then uh, that kind of changed this year after they lost wearing that shirt. So I stopped doing that, and now I just wear whatever the heck I want because I don't <laughs> obviously the, the clothes that I'm wearing does not impact the outcome anymore. Um, so I don't really have any superstitions I mean, some traditions apart from writing the game recap every week is just probably having either a good snack or ordering a meal. Um, sometimes if it's a later game, I have time to cook a good burger or I'll do like a half Italian sausage, half ground beef patty and really like have a great time with that um, and cook up something good or chili um, depending on what it is. So usually just some good food and some good company are the best traditions I have. Yeah. I don't really have any superstitions. I used to, um, I kind of ran the gamut for a while, for a while it was, I have to wear the same Packer shirt and then they kind of went on a losing streak. And then I went to like, I can't wear any Packers gear, gear the day of the game at all. And that was, I did that for a couple of years. And then eventually I realized, Oh, none of this matters. I'm just going to do whatever. <laughs> and so I've got, uh, I got, I've got zero superstitions and not really a whole lot of traditions. I mean, if we can, I like to, I got, you know, two of my brothers and a good friend of mine. We like to get together to watch the game, get some wings, go to someone's house, drink some beer, drink some bourbon, do whatever. But that's kind of, you know, uh, between pandemic and everyone's got kids and all kinds of stuff that's, uh, that's hit and miss these days. Um, uh, but yeah, not, not really much of anything. I like to watch with, uh, you know, close group of friends. I don't really like going to uh, like a Packers bar or anything, but I do like watching close group of friends. We can kind of, sit down and actually like watch it and talk about the stuff that's happening. Uh, but yeah, all my superstitions uh, went away years and years ago and they've never come back. Yeah. Kind of same boat. I used to have multiple jerseys and I would, after a loss, I would have to rotate it. That needed to be put away and I could only wear a newer Jersey. And uh, then that started becoming, if they were losing by halftime, I would have to switch jerseys. <laughs> and then I became Oh my God, what am I doing? This doesn't matter at all. So I think those were uh, some of my traditions uh, for that. Next question. Uh, we've got Sparktacular. Which of the long missing Packers returnees do you think will have the greatest impact on the game? Sarah. This is a great question. And I think it, I think it could be Jarier. Just because his presence itself could really force teams to pass the ball somewhere else. I mean, we've, we saw it in 2020 that he was barely targeted or, you know, the guy that he was covering was barely targeted just because it was him. So, you know, that forces 
let's talk about it for this week, the 49ers to look elsewhere. And then, like you said earlier, Steve, now Eric Stokes has a lot of experience under his belt. Obviously, Rasul Douglas is playing really well. And the Packers could really lock some teams down if they're afraid to maybe be a little more if be a little more aggressive and throw Jarier's way. Um, so I think he's going to make a huge difference. Obviously, the level of skill that he brings is one thing, but just his presence and being back is going to be a huge boost for the team itself and then also just a big deterrent um, for the other teams that they're playing against. We, we talked about offensive line earlier, and that's the way I was going to go, um, just because that obviously is a, a huge boost. But, I mean, again, they performed well with the guys they had in there already. And so, I mean, I think it's going to be an improvement, obviously, getting Dave Bakhtiari back. Like, that's not that's not a bad thing. But I'm going to go Z. Um, I think, again, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, if you blitz him and are unable to get home quickly, he does have, you know, a questionable decision maker and, and all the things that go along with that. He's got a quick release. And so if he's – Got a guy, and he sees a guy, uh, you know, on a blitz and kind of throw him behind him. It's tough to get to him, but if you can create pressure with, you know, four or five guys up front, especially up the middle, he's going to make some mistakes. And you saw that. I mean, Z had that one pressure against uh, Jameis Winston, the one game he played. Then I'm getting called back. That ended up being it was an interception. Darnell Savage against the Saints interception got called back for roughing the passer. But Z kind of is that that agent of chaos, that guy they've been missing. I mean, Rashawn Gary. I think I saw he's. Uh, was it second or third this year in pass rush win rate by PFF? I mean, he's really coming to his own. Preston Smith has been just a bully all year. Dean Lowry's had a really fantastic year. But Z's just that agent of chaos in the middle. So if you can get him lining up everywhere, you got him lining up over the A-gap, getting a free rusher or bullying a guy, even if he's out there for 15, 20 snaps, and he's able to kind of, again, like it allows everyone to kind of maintain their lanes. You don't. You compromise integrity on the back end. You don't have to blitz, but you're able to kind of get that just aggressive pressure in the face of Jimmy G. Like good things are going to happen. So I'll say kind of having that agent of chaos, that wrecker up front that can really impact just one or two plays that can swing the game. Uh, I think, I think he could be huge. Yeah, actually, I think I'll agree with you, Dusty, the probably a couple of different reasons, but just the emotional leadership that you get from the and like, I think he takes that defense to a different level. I think he gives them that, like that's sw- even more of that swagger and, he, and Jair too. But um, he, I feel like Zadarius is that vocal, that vocal defensive leader that they've been, you know, defense has been good this year, but I think that, that getting him back can take them to the next level. Next one, Matt Pickett. If there was one, what was the moment when you knew you belonged with your other two co-hosts and food question, how, when, and why did food questions become a non-obligatory part of the questions for the show? Did somebody start it? Maybe Eric Rose. So, Dusty, when did you know that uh, that the three of us belonged together, and when did we start doing food stuff? Yeah, so for us, I mean, it was, it was kind of two-tier, Steve, because I was doing – I started Pack-A-Day. I was still doing uh, Pack to the Future with uh, Brian Favera and John Jameson and, and Jordan Peck. I've been doing that for, like, about two years or something and then I joined Pack-A-Day, and I think I did one solo show. I was going to do one solo every two weeks. And I did one, and then more people started coming on, and Andy hit me up. I, either more people were coming on or I did a very, very bad job uh, because Andy hit me up and was like, hey, I want to pair you with this guy. And I was like, fine, I guess. Um, I, and me and Steve, I don't even remember if we talked ahead of time or not, if we had any kind of phone call or if we just were like, hey, we're, we're going to do this podcast. Um, oh, I think we just jumped onto the podcast. I, I, yeah, I think we just jumped right in. And we hit it off right away. Um, so that was immediate. And kind of same thing with Sarah. I think Andy hit us up probably, I think, week before. Hey, uh, you know, Sarah Kelleher and I, you know, I'd been 
following Sarah because she'd been doing game game recaps on Cheesehead TV before then anyway. And, you know, I really, really liked her a lot. And so, so Sarah Keller is going to be joining you. It's like, okay, cool. This is great. Um, again, we kind of talked about this before, but it was, it was just kind of dropped in and it was just kind of brought this, uh, not renewed energy, but just a different kind of energy. Like it was all kind of this, again, I don't think the three of us talked ahead of time. I think it was just, we joined up to, uh, on podcast night. So for me, I don't think there was like a, uh, here's a moment that th- this was like, this was the moment I knew because the moment I knew was like before we started recording and we jumped on five minutes before we started recording and we all got along just fine. It's like, okay, yeah, this is, this is cool. I like the people is going to work. So it was kind of a, an immediate reaction. There was no kind of light bulb going off mid episode or anything like that. Sarah, did you have any aha moments? Yeah. I mean, Dusty summed it up really well. Um, and so much for me since I was the last one to kind of join the the gang was just how welcoming you guys were. I was a little nervous. I just remember you were like, yeah, 10, like 10 o'clock your time. And we'll just kind of talk through the episode and what we have planned. We'll have some questions for you so everybody can get to know you and then we'll just go. Uh, I said, okay, great. <laughs> and so I was a little nervous, but you guys are just so welcoming and immediately just kind of shared um, a, a few things about you, like, what you do, where you live, your family. And that just right away made me feel really comfortable. Like, oh, okay. These two guys seem really nice and seems like we're going to have a good time. And, you know, later on, just continuing to build that rapport. And like Steve mentioned, a lot of times, you know, on our Twitter group, we'll, we'll just talk about random stuff. Or if there's a funny meme going around on social media, we send it, we laugh. And Dusty and Steve send pictures of their kids and, that it was kind of then when we started sharing more about our just lives and not just talking about the Packers that I kind of realized, oh, I, I definitely think we make a really good team and that we work well together. And we all kind of have the same mentality about whether it's talking about the Packers, writing about the Packers, tweeting, doing whatever, that this is just something we do for fun and that we always look for opportunities to make it fun too. Like this is a side hobby for us. We all have day jobs and other jobs. And this is something that we get to do, at least the podcast, once a week together and have a lot of fun doing it. So we're always looking for new ways to have fun with it. And that that was pretty special to me. Um, and I know Matt also asked how food questions became part of the questions for the show. Um, and Eric Rose commented back that he's not sure if he started it, but maybe he was an early adopter. I believe what happened was somebody did it and then more people started doing it. But Eric Rose was just very consistent with it. Every single week we asked your questions, he would come and he'd he'd say, okay, I have a two-part question, football, food. And we loved them. So then we just started every single week. It was like, okay, another question from Eric Rose. And people just started catching on and kind of mimicking what he was doing and asking different food questions. And I think the rest is history after that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding 
or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, I think we just kind of liked it so much where we all started commenting like, well, this is like the perfect structure for a question is you give us a Packers question and a food question. Yeah, it just kind of got its own life from there. Uh, as far as like a, a moment that we all kind of gelled together, I think for me, one of the things was when, when Dusty and I were giving Sarah a lot of shit when she was younger, uh, like early on and like she would t- not only be able to absorb that and let it roll off her back, like it was nothing, but she also would give us shit back, which I thought was just really cool. Like, you know, a lot of people, if you start making fun of them or, you know, poking fun, they're, they're going to clam up a little bit. And that wasn't the case. Like just, it felt like natural and she f- just fit right in. And so I think when, uh, when that kind of started happening, I was like, all right, this is going to be a lot of fun. So, you know, again, Dusty, we still have, we haven't really brought up juice boxes or goldfish in a while, but, We'll have to, you know, 2022 is going to be a long a long year, so we've got plenty of time. <laughs> just make a note. Just put it on your calendar. Set a reminder for yourself. <laughs> yeah, as you say, like 10, 15, <laughs> 10, 15 next uh, Tuesday night. Just a note that oh. says juice boxes. Yeah, just, oh, apple, apple juice joke. Okay, all right, let me put this in. <laughs> hey, we are getting to the dark days of the NFL season. I mean, a month from now, it's going to be the off season where we just absolutely talk about the most random topics and try to sprinkle in some football news when – it's appropriate, but that's when our episodes have always gone off the rails the most mm-hmm. because, you know, when there's a game, we, we talk about football. We, we always talk about Packers offense versus their opponent's defense. So we have some topics. We have McAfee. But in the offseason, it's just an opportunity for us to just be ourselves and go nuts. So <laughs> I expect you both to make fun of me a lot about a month from now. So there we go. Sounds accurate. All right, we got a couple more. Uh, this one from Brian. Um, he wants to know which non-Aaron Rodgers offensive player and which defensive player do you think uh, will play the biggest role in getting the Packers to a win on Saturday? Dusty, who you got? Uh, I'm going to go Devontae Adams, boring, and uh, Kenny Clark. I think it's, uh, again, the story's going to be told, I think, on offense is what they how the Niners cover or, or at least mitigate the damage that that – Devonte can do and then how the Packers play off of that and then again kind of up front that front seven gap sound just play kind of boring old defense make sure everyone's kind of doing their assignments and Kenny Clark kind of that dude in the middle you can kind of if you're looking to compress the pocket Kenny Clark is the guy that kind of get that started so I think on both sides of the ball those are guys that can kind of kind of wreck the game for you uh, one way or the other. I'll go two different players, although those are great options and I'm going to say Jones and Campbell Devondre Campbell I think on offense, if Jones gets cooking, um, and we've seen that happen where he can play such a big role um, in the air and on the ground, then he's kind of unstoppable in a lot of ways. And then just with Devondre Campbell, similar to what you were saying about Kenny Clark, he's just a consistent force for the Packers defense. He's there. He is able to wrap people up, make some good tackles, and obviously the 49ers have a good run game, so Devondre Campbell is going to be key in shutting some of that down. 
Wow, this is shocking. We're going to go with all different answers. I'm going to go <laughs> A.J. Dillon for offense, and I'm going to go Rasul Douglas for defense. Um, Dillon being the you know that that bully, that big back, and I think he's going to get he's going to count for two touchdowns in this game, and then Rasul Douglas just being that X factor on the D, in the secondary man. I mean, I feel like if somebody's going to pick off Jimmy G, it's going to be him. <laughs> like he's the guy who's been making those plays. So. Um, so yeah, I think that's it. And then we got one last one from Robin. Um, congratulations on the three-year pod anniversary. Thank you for that. Um, question is, uh, the USFL is going to be making a comeback this spring. Do any of you have any interest in watching spring football? And which Packer that couldn't stick with us in the NFL would you like to see given a second chance in an inferior league? Uh, Robin, I will not be watching that. Um, so I'm going to let you two uh, go ahead. Sarah, we'll let you go first because we already know Dusty's going to go for like an hour. <laughs> so I, I think it'll be some good background noise. Um, I talk about a lot. You know, I like to cook on the weekends. A lot of times I'll have some music on or a podcast. Typically, like when the Packers aren't playing and there's other games on. I'll have the game on and just be watching that or I'll have red zone on the TV and have that up so I can just kind of hear what's happening. Um, so that's probably the level that I'll watch. I'm not sure I'll be quite invested in it, um, but might tune in here and there. Um, and then which Packers player that was cut that I'd like to see, see succeed in another league. I'll say Blake Bortles. So I got to give some UCF love there. I know he's only a Packer for, like a total of a few weeks, but he's the boat. So got to give some love to him. I believe you mean Jake Jordles. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm in on the USFL. I was in on AAF. Um, I don't, I don't have a team for this. AAF. I picked a team early. That was Orlando. Cause it was a Spurrier's team. And they were, I think eight and one at the time, everything dissolved, which, which, you know, that sucked. And then XFL, I was, that was Dallas um, because how mommy was offensive coordinator there. I'm a big, uh, big mummy guy from, you know, kind of helping kind of birth the air raid and his time at UK and with Tim Couch and all the stuff he did there. So I loved, particularly loved uh, XFL because you could hear the offensive guys call plays, offensive and defensive. So you'd get some like really long play calls, like Norm Chow was there and I can't remember where he was with and you get these classic kind of West Coast things. And you go to How Mummy and How Mummy's going, uh, red, right, six. Red, right, six. And all of his play calls were like three words and they were tremendous. And I loved it. He broke his leg during an XFL game uh, and just still went on coaching. Just tremendous. Anyway, so I'm not as excited about USFL because you don't have those names. It's I'm looking at the head coaches right now and it's Kevin Sumlin, Todd Haley, Mike Riley and Bart Andrews are the guys that they that they've brought up and they've they've rebrought the USFL was was an early league, I think early 80s. Jim Kelly got a start there, a whole bunch of different guys. And so like some of like Tampa Bay Bandits is Todd Haley's the head coach. That was a old USFL team. Same with Houston Gamblers. I think that's where Jim Kelly played, if I'm not mistaken. So I like that they're kind of bringing back some of that aesthetic, the names, all that stuff. I'm just not, I'm going to watch it because it's football and I have a serious problem, but I'm not like, I don't know that I'm going to be invested in a team. I may just see if that happens or not, but I'm excited to watch football. I'm excited to see what they do. Usually these different leagues, they'll, try some different things and maybe try some different rule changes or whatever they'll do. So I'm excited to kind of see what they do with it, what tweaks they put on. I'm excited to have football on, but I'm not as excited about this as I was about uh, AAF or, or XFL um, and Packers player. I'd like to see man. I, and this is just, I don't know, my own personal thing. I think 
I had such high hopes for uh, Jamon Moore. Uh, I drafted in the same class with uh, MVS and EQ. So I was going to say him. He had speed. It was kind of, I kept saying, you, know, you can teach a guy to catch a ball and no one ever could. Uh, so that, that's kind of what sunk him. But uh, I'd like to see him. He always seemed like a hard worker. He seemed like a good dude. Uh, let's see uh, Jamon Moore catch on somewhere. Very cool. Well, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us. We appreciate you, as always, for listening. But uh, before we get going, let's do some final thoughts. Sarah, we'll start with you. Yeah, mine's simple. Obviously, uh, game recap this weekend. Um, first of a few this offseason. I'm feeling good, feeling confident. Um, thank you to you guys for a great three years, um, both you know Dusty and Steve and then everybody listening. It's been awesome. And also... Leroy Butler better be in the freaking Hall of Fame. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, echo that last thought for sure. Um, the fact that uh, that Lynch, is, Lynch got in and Atwater before uh, Butler is just, it's a travesty of the highest level. So it's, it's ridiculous he's not in, just the accomplishments he's had, the way he changed the game. The fact that you had an entire Super Bowl game plan that was just like, we're going to run away from Leroy Butler because he's going to kill us. I mean, that should tell you all you need to know. I mean, all, all decade team, I think for all pros, like just the list of accomplishments, the list of kind of what he did while he was in the league, as well as his reputation. And the fact that he just seems like a, just a genuinely good dude. Uh, I just, I, he needs to be in there. He deserves to be in there. So um, as far as my stuff, I don't, I assume I'll be writing something this week. I'm still trying to figure that out. I usually have at least one thing posted by now and two things to talk about. I got nothing, man. Um, I'm looking at, doing some kind of preview, um, either a stat based thing or kind of going back through a couple of Niners games from this year, past three to four games, see what I can pick up. I know their offense relatively well, you know, it, it kind of go, goes off of the, um, excuse me, my voice still is not all the way back. Uh, it kind of goes off of, you know, LaFleur's system is based on that obviously, but with some more flourishes and they got a more diverse run game. So I'm, I'm fairly familiar with their offense, but the defense is still something as far as like trying to dig into where the Packers can attack them and how and all that. So that's kind of where I'm looking work is insane this week. So I don't know if I'm going to have the time to do that, but hoping to have something up in the next couple of days. Um, but yeah, thanks for everyone for you, know, you guys that I'm talking to currently, as well as everyone listening uh, past three years have been uh, just insane and incredible. And it's, it's insane to me that, that, uh, that you guys, everyone has put up with me for, for the past three years and Steve for even longer than that. And listeners for even longer than that. So as I uh, appreciate that, uh, we're looking forward to, I don't know, as many more uh, years of us as you can stand, I guess. Um, and, uh, and hopefully a divisional round win because we bought tickets to the NFC championship game in Lambeau. Ooh. So it's been a bucket list item. My youngest brother has been talking about it for like as long as he's been able to talk. So we, uh, we, we, during the game, it was during the games past week and we're like, all right. So we're looking at tickets. He was like, I'm looking at tickets now. Okay. I think we can do this. I think we can do this. So we uh, went ahead and did it and, and booked the, uh, booked the hotels and everything. So it just, I, I get stressed out enough for playoff games. This is just extra stress that I don't need that we've already heaped on top of it, but uh, we're hyped about that. So that's going to be awesome. But yes, thank you to everyone. Very cool. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun this last three years. Thank you to everybody for always listening. Twitter interactions. Like it just still, still blows my mind that, people want to listen to my mine and my Packer takes in particular, but I know why they want to listen to yours. So, uh, so appreciate that as always, but my only final thought is, you know, enjoy this run that the Packers are on. 
because we have no clue what's going to happen in the offseason with Aaron Rodgers, what this Packers team is going to look like in 2022 uh, for that, that regular season. Like we have no clue what this, that's all going to look like. So enjoy this. This is, this is a really special time. This doesn't happen for a lot of NFL teams. So um, really take it, take some time, enjoy the games and uh, you know, fingers crossed it's going to be a Packers victory. So thank you guys for listening. We will uh, catch you next week. And as always, Go Pack Go! decisions for your company you always look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer it streamlines your process to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy mail checks invoices legal documents books and everything you need to keep your business running with stamps.com seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.